All right, guys, well, welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. It is Friday morning. I'm really excited about today's episode. We are here with Rear Admiral Theodore Leclerc. Yeah, Theodore. And Ted Theo, Leclerc. Ted. We've always known, known him as Teddy. Teddy Ballgame. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, be, uh, and then we have Nurse Doza here, and I'm Tex Yogi. But, uh, Ted, will you give us a quick little intro of who you are and what you do, and then we'll get into it? Yeah, absolutely. First, I'm a father, a husband, a friend. Uh, to these wonderful guys, and I love to tell people I've got more scars than stars. So <laughs> I could be a two-star admiral, deputy commander of Naval Surface Forces Pacific Fleet, uh, all these accolades. But as I've gotten older, uh, that's not the juicy stuff. The juicy stuff is look at all the stuff I've screwed up and failed, and I'm still, you know, at that perch or whatever. Um, the, the juicy stuff is whenever you come in here, it's like, guess what my son did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, y'all, it's Baldo here, and I want to help you unlock your next level potential with a discounted ticket to this year's Howdy Health Fest happening in December. Use code HDYHPOD25 and enjoy a weekend filled with world-class biohacking products, top health experts, movement, connection, and recovery, and maybe even some ice baths and some nice sauna time. Remember, this year's festival is December 2nd through 4th. It's going to be an exciting time. We are committed, committed to you to bring you the best experience that your health can achieve. So I've been in the Navy for 32 years. I grew up in Massachusetts. I'm an identical twin. I like to tell people that because I've known people like 10 years and they're like, dude, I had no idea you were a twin. Uh, I have great parents, uh, been loved and hugged enough. So any of my shortcomings in life, it's not because of my mom and dad, (laughs) (laughs) you know. And uh, I've just, I've done a lot of cool things. Moved to Austin 10 years ago and luckily... I met you guys about five years ago when uh, you were working somewhere else, and I just fell in love with you guys. And so we've been on this journey together now a while, and I'm thrilled to be here. It's it's a wonderful mutual feeling to have you here, honestly. Uh, for people who don't even know, you've been here all all along the way with our growth. Yes. I mean, I mean you've seen it since the beginning, in fact. And it's been great because uh, I think it's also been a nice way to – to reflect on how we're growing, right? What I think what's always we've taken is your opinion and your thoughts and you tell us everything up front. You know, you're very honest about everything, so it's there's no way around it. But you know, what we've tried to try to approach, you know, health with is uh, a way to help people function better. And that's what we were talking about before this. Absolutely. Right? Um I've seen personally and I know Baldo has too, your growth as far as um as health goes. Mm-hmm. All right. And so the reason, you know, this podcast even exists is because it's everyone's story about health. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about what health means to you? Sure. And we, we talked about this, um, several years ago, you know, when the beginning, what, like, Hey, what's your goal? Like, what do you want to be able to do? And, you know, I'd like to live a very long time, but, uh, when I was at, a, I used to work for a French bank, we we're in the asset management business and we hired a public speakers and I always wanted someone who was different well the speaker we would get she had been an emergency room MD but she was tired of fixing problems she wanted to prevent problems she wanted to get ahead of things someone come in and they've got bad blood work and it finds out they're taking four different drugs to cure four things and she's like what if I got you off the drugs altogether by curing the root causes of these things and so it got me thinking and she by far the only criticism ever we never gave her enough time because people did not want to leave the room. 
And and for me, health is really just a means to an end. It's like, hey, how can I stay engaged, connected? Uh, how can I enjoy this glorious thing called life? But you can't if you don't have good health. And people have come to realize that it's about mobility. Uh, it's about mind. Yes, genetics play a big part. Some people are blessed with amazing genetics. Other people, God bless them. Uh, they're thrown a different set of challenges. But in reality, uh, regardless of what that baseline is, I do believe from you guys and from other physicians that uh, if you have the knowledge and you put it in place, you can improve your health and your chances to sustain your life. So that's, for me, it's kind of a means to an end. It's like, you know, the, the business my wife and I own with our partner, Pete Markovich, 994 Group, that's the same deal. We do wealth management planning for people, and we always say the money's a means to an end. What's the end? What's the why? And so for health, to me, that's a big part of it. And what we've learned in the past couple of years is you have to have a relationship with finances the same way you have to have a, a relationship with health. Yeah. Right? And I think it's, I mean, you know all about routine. You know about what, what it takes to actually be diligent about sticking with something. But, I mean, how much work have you had to put in in order to get, like, optimal health? A lot. And, you know, so one of the things that I've learned uh, about our brains and I, you know, I'm not a doctor, okay, everybody. So, you know, <laughs> I stayed at a hotel at whatever those hotels do. <laughs> but, but the reality, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the reality of it is, is that um, uh, we have neural pathways that that I get, I love to give people this. You take a pen and put it in your hand, and I want you to write your name, your dominant hand, right? Well, when someone puts the pen in the other hand. They're like, oh, well, that's, you know, and all of a sudden you have to use energy. You have to think. It's harder. It doesn't look as good. It's not as easy to do. This is a neural pathway you've had since you were a child. And then this is a neural pathway that you haven't developed at all. And so if somebody wants to stop putting sugar in their coffee or someone needs to want to get up and walk every morning, or you, you have to either have that natural skill built in which I do think some people do, and we'll talk about that, or you have to decide that it's important enough to you you want to build that neural pathway. Right. Do you, do you speak about these things with, with soldiers whenever? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because, you know, I, I do, but it's a little different because some of the tools that I use in the civilian sector with consulting that we do or we use at, at the wealth management company um, – it's a little harder to get them adopted into the de you know defense department where it's got to be approved and everyone's yeah. got to be on board you know so but I do uh, uh, but sometimes I don't have enough time and it's usually more acute like hey man you don't look very well did you get rest last night sure and I know I was on my computer to one in the morning and screen time and sure. hey have you read this book and you know so it's a little bit more directed that way but in terms of the neural pathway stuff. Uh, there's more to that. And I, you know, I want to hold that for a yeah, bit yeah. and get into it. But it goes back again, just this idea of, you know, we, we sometimes set ourselves up to fail. And that's got, you know, I talk a lot about SMART goals. Everyone knows, a lot of people have heard the acronym. SMART is an acronym for specific, measured, um, uh, uh, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. Time bound. So like the idea of someone needing to lose 50 pounds is an overwhelming concept. But if you said, hey, this week, just don't gain any weight. Oh, okay, I'll, I can do that. So you almost don't have to change your behavior at all. Next week, I want you to lose one pound. That's the goal. 
or in three days, even more specific. It's like with alcohol. Someone mm-hmm. trying to, I don't need you to quit drinking for the rest of your life. That's too overwhelming of a statement. Just quit for this morning. Yep. Yeah, Let's get to lunch. Yeah, it's a day at a time, right? It's, it's, it's or an hour at a time, or sure. and 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 so when we want it, so the scientists say when I said I'm not a doctor, thirty straight days of doing something, you re, to rewrite a neural pathway. Yeah, uh, and that's that's creating a habit. But then again, my question to people is, why would you want to do that? Because it takes a lot. It's a reason a lot of uh, I've seen stats where most New Year's resolutions fail within a week. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, it's typically because we set ourselves up to fail. It brings me back to kind of the big point I always share with everybody, which is Plato. Go back to good old Plato. <laughs> and, you know, he says the greatest task in this life is to master thyself. And that's self-awareness. Uh, it's self-criticism. And it's not self, self-hate. Really, it's about self-love. Loving who I am and recognizing... Oh, no, no, I, I'm never going to work out at 7 a.m., so let's not even con- have that. I like to work out at 8 o'clock at night. Okay, that works for you. So when, we, when I do, cons- you know, when I give, out, give talks, the challenge is there are functions that can work for, er- and you, I bet you guys have with all your clients. It's not a cookie-cutter business. Mm-mm. That is why it's so important to work with someone like you personally, get their blood work. It's great to take vitamins and minerals. But not if you're taking the wrong ones right. and not if you're taking too many. Right. It's not good for your liver. It's not good for your kidneys. Your body, every body is different, right? Right. And that is one of the genius things about you guys. Uh, it's the genius thing about compounding pharmacies. You know, not everybody in the world has as- access to you. And it would be great if we did, right? We've talked about that, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, We're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so mastery of thyself. And I could come up with 50 things that that would include. Morning person, evening person, um, you know, soft bed, <coughs> hard bed, uh, you know, four hours of sleep, nine hours of sleep. You know, you pick the thing, you know, what, what puts you in a zone? What puts you in a happy place? Introvert, extrovert, you know, that kind of stuff. So, and, and the beauty of today, you know, nowadays, there's a zillion tools out there uh, that you could take that are, you know, diagnostic tools. So your blood work is one, Okay get my blood drawn. There's a millions of answers there. That's a part of the function. But hey, I can go to Myers-Briggs and I could take a Myers-Briggs MBTI index. And am I introverted or extroverted? Do I want to go to that party or not? You know, uh, there's a thing called disc analysis. There's Enneagrams. There's uh, the Colby index, which is one of my big favorites. And I'm a big Colby consultant, um, which measures instinct. Nice. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. So, so for me, and we were talking about this before when, we, hey, what, what do we, you have so many people that have been on these podcasts talking about health. I get into the why. And to me, it's about human connection. How do we connect with other people? How do we connect with nature? How do we connect with our God? You know, it, it, that to me is the joy. It's the richness of life of those connections. I'm convinced though, uh, in this theory, I call it the Nightingale Song. You guys want to hear about this? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So scientists, there's a bird that, no kidding, the Nightingale. Google Nightingale. You'll see a picture of it. Science Scientists have already s- said that the Nightingale is actually born with all the music and all the notes it's ever going to sing. If it hears a robin or a wren or a blue jay or another bird, it can't croak a note. It won't croak a note. If it hears another Nightingale, 
It bursts into instant beautiful music. It's known all its life. And my my metaphor to that, or the, my theory of that 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 story, uh, is that we bump into people all the time, who we sing instant music. We connect instantly and easily. Mm. Those are our nightingales. You're John. You guys are one of my nightingales. <laughs> Kathy Colby changed my life. She's a nightingale, and and some of us are lucky enough when we get a job, or that we end up with a manager or a leader or a boss who advocates and loves us, and it's instant connection. Some of us are blessed to have parents. It's instant. And then there are people who, yeah, my father and I don't talk anymore. We didn't get along when I was young. We see the world differently. We butted heads all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, Or, yeah, I met that guy for lunch, huge prospect, probably could have changed our company's direction forever. Man, we just didn't connect. And my question is, how can we make more of those connections work? How can we get more children and their parents to connect better for the ones that don't naturally connect? And I think there's a way. I actually have, again, it goes back to the self-awareness piece, the, the studying and mastering thyself. But then it goes back to all these things. So uh, over the years, I've kind of developed a little bit of a model for people to be able to step through much like what you've done with me with my health. Hey, let's get your blood work first. Let's do this. You know, let's talk about what do you drink and when and when do you eat and what makes you eat when you don't really want to and where's your exercise plan and, you know, all of those things that you help clients change their lives. And then I want to, I like to take it to another level, which is that mastery of the connection of people. So, if you guys are good with it, we could talk about that. No, a let's bit go for it. I mean, yeah. I, I'm in, I'm really enjoying. It. I do want to get into meditation a little later, but into what? Into meditation a little later. Oh well. But yes, continue, continue on your thoughts. Well, so <laughs> so we'll f- so we'll do that. So uh, let me talk about the Colby Index real fast. Please so, yes. So the Colby Index is a company in Arizona called Colby.com. You can go there, and you can take it. It's called a, a, a index. And that's C O L B Y. Actually, K O L B E. Sorry, great. Okay. Colby College is up in the <laughs> northeast. It's, it's, so it's K-O-L-B-E. Yep. Almost like Kobe, but with an L yep. in there. Yep. And uh, Kathy Colby, her father, was a guy named Wonderlick. So he created the Wonderlick test that a lot of people know that the NFL has used. Well, if you think of the brain, you know, and I don't, as we look at the camera, if you think of this as the frontal lobe, right? This is where cognition happens. Central cortex is where we have fear. The amygdala is so... You know, the guy that, like, climbed El Capitan with no ropes or anything? <laughs> well, they hooked him up to a machine, and his amygdala barely functions. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, he's got no fear. No fear of heights. No fear of, you know, just his thing doesn't function. Yeah. That's just, that's him. Yeah. And then, the rear lobe, you think of it as your instincts. Let me give you an example of instinct. Um, you pull, you're in the grocery store. Chris lo- Kristen loves to call it the grosh. You're in there, <laughs> and you're you got a few things in the cart, and all of a sudden you're like running late, and you're gonna go into the line, and you see it says ten items or less. If someone looks down instantly and starts to count the items in their cart, that is what I call an instinct. Like it's a split second action, and with the Colby Index, thirty six questions, it will give me four digits based on. Uh, four broad areas of how we um, do things. Gather and share information or data is one big broad, it's called fact finder. The second is follow through, 
which has got to do with how we process information, schedule, time, and that's another bucket. And they're on a scale of one to 10. And there's not good or bad, it's more or less. I need more information or less information. I need more schedule, more process or less. So like, you know, when you're at the counter out here and you've got a system that you've been building for years now, I guarantee you some of the people that you've had employed, well, why don't we do it this way? And well, it's much better if we do this. And you're probably like, I don't care. Just, I, I only <laughs> care about, but, but the reality of it is people are hardwired from birth. And when you get a, 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 when you're in these three different zones, so it's 12 zones, one to 10. So it's one to three, four to seven or four to six, seven to 10. When you take the index, you fall into one of these buckets it's on like a, each. It's like a tier. It's a tier on yeah. each one. And again, not good or bad. But when you're in a different tier from someone else, it actually generates stress when you have to work together. Like if we have different levels. Different of levels of need of information. Hey, yeah, we should do podcasts. Okay, let's do it, man. And then someone, well, wait a minute. You know, what's it cost? What do we need? How many are there? Yeah. And they're, they're, That's us. That's like... Let's go. <laughs> and then he's just like, wait, but like we got to think about it. <laughs> it, but, it. But it's a balance, right? But if you took the indexes, yep. I would know it in advance. And I would say, hey, Jonathan, we're thinking of doing these things. We'd love you to tell us what we're missing. And I can actually speak your language. Hmm. And so here's the deal. Back to the pen example. This is easy to do because I've done it for, you know, my whole life. Have no thought put in it, no energy used. This is really hard. The trick is trying to get this to be easier. Mm -hmm. and But it takes energy, time, and why would I want to do it? Well, if I wanted the person I love, let's say two people get married. And and we've we, I've done almost 20,000 of these indexes. Almost always when I finish a group session of 30 or 40 people and somebody says hey, can I get my wife to take this? 99% of the time when I've had that other spouse take the index, their results are totally different. How did they connect in marriage? Oh my God, she looks like I wanted someone to look. Uh, we like the same movies. We like the same food. We like the same. But those are preferences. That's not instinct. Instinct is I need more information. I need more time. I need a schedule. I need flexibility. I need to be able to brainstorm. I need stability. And all those words I just used, they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. So if so you can be passionate in love and, you know, great sex and everything, and all of a sudden, two years into the marriage, you're like, oh, my God, we fight all the time because we fall back into our natural instincts. A guy that's perfected this on... And, it's an, and I'm going to switch gears from Colby for a second to the five love languages. Mm -hmm. Most people know this book. It's by Gary Chapman. And he says there are five basic ways human beings express uh, love. Love. Yeah. You know, like platonic love, not, not, not uh, Greek love, you know, like not a physical love, but platonic. And, you know, highest level of friendship. Words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, time, and affection. You go through the back of his book. You answer his questions. You score it out. Hey, my love language, meaning when pe I feel most loved by somebody, it's this, gifts. So if it's your birthday and I don't give you a gift, that's a big signal to someone who's in the gifts, right? Or, you know, if someone's acts of service, 
I mean, you feel indebted to anybody that does anything to, for you because you're so appreciative of someone doing things for you. So the trick yet again is, and Chapman says it in the book, and there are a lot of people out there nodding, oh yeah, absolutely, uh, that we speak our love language because we think we want it. We would think everyone else would want it. And the reality is that's not the case. Oh, it's a 20% chance that someone's got your love language. Kristen, her love language is too, time and affection. She's a big hugger. <laughs> she loves to be with people, give people their time. I'm acts of service. And so these two worlds collide. Uh, and we love each other, but I don't naturally speak her love language. What is the greatest gift you can give someone in this life? Is to speak their language. Hmm. Just down the street from here, there's a donut shop. It used to be called Howdy Donut. I don't know what it's called now. But there's Korean ladies that work in there. And I knew instantly hearing their voices, they're Korean. And so when I would say hello in the morning, Annyeonghaseyo, Annyeonghaseyo, and they lit up. Yeah. That's like saying, some, oh, my God, you're from Situate, Massachusetts? Yeah. Me too, man. Yeah. Where? Where are you from? Yeah. Just over at 7-Eleven. I met Danny Amendola. <laughs> you, know, I'm like, you know, I'm like, are you? And then... Okay, it's cool to meet a famous person, yeah. but he's like, where are you from? I'm like, Situate. I'm like, oh, my God, all my cousins are from Situate, man. <laughs> and then I get a text from him. Yeah. We connected. Yep. So so there is, I'm telling you, I, I am in deep belief there is something to how we connect with people. Right. And those connections bring meaning and joy to our lives. So the question is, are you missing out on connecting with people? Yeah. So, so the stuff you do again hopefully gives me forty-seven more years minimum to, <laughs> to continue to preach, to continue to connect, <laughs> you know, to to love. So let's talk meditation in this, okay? Well, just to give a little yeah. backstory, because we had talked about when we first met you, you knew that I meditated, and like we had talked about it. But one day you walked in here, and you're like, "Guess what I've been doing?" And then you just broke down that you meditate for. 20 minutes a day and that you were trying to increase it to an hour a day yeah and i don't know how much you how much you do now but that but we were like for real like you're doing this now yeah. and he's like dude you have no and then you gave us even more science about the meditation and what you do in your rituals than we ever knew about it because like for me i always read about things that are that successful people do and i was like oh i can do that i'm just gonna make a little habit and then i and i implement that but i don't really care to know too much more because for me it's like well if it's gonna benefit me i'm gonna do it yeah and then it's easy like i love discipline from that sense so that i'll just do it but but please like tell us tell us what what uh what you have about meditation and, yeah, and how yeah. it's helped you so for sure so i'm gonna show and, and if this doesn't show up we'll, we'll we'll somehow get this in the podcast but these are the buckets for Colby, okay? Okay. A person that is in specify bucket, which is this, you know, it's not the bottom or the top. It's So someone who's a 7, 8, 9, or 10 in fact finder naturally has the desire to want to know more information. They're at the pharmacy counter. Hey, you have any questions? And they're the other one's standing there with like 19 questions. Yeah. Okay. And you're like, dude, I'm in a hurry. Now, this person naturally is a great listener. They're sitting there just absorbing more. But they're not the friends sitting at their lunch throwing tons of ideas back at you brainstorming unless they've either thought about it a lot or experienced it a lot. So talking to someone like this can be a little bit of a like pulling teeth. Someone who's an eight and quick start, which I am and my wife is, 
we're brainstormers. The way we learn is we think out loud. The danger in that, when you're an admiral in the Navy, <laughs> is that you're in a lot of meetings where you need to be absorbing information, paying attention. And I don't naturally have that gift. So how do I slow everything down? Meditation. Even just pausing right now. I'll do it with big groups where, you know, when I, when, I, when I ask how many people meditate and I'm like, okay, everybody stand up for a second. We're going to take three big breaths, inhale, exhale, through your nose, through your mouth, whatever you want, and we do it. And after those three big breaths, the entire room, there's a sense of calm. And I'm like, you just did it. You just meditated. And so depending now... Meditation has a lot of purposes um, and a lot of benefits, um, depending on the kind you do. But I'm, I may only do 10 or 15 minutes, two or three days a week. But to the skeptics, I call it taking your brain to the gym. Mm -hmm. Meditating is like making your brain do push-ups. And because you, you learn to just slow everything down. And it becomes useful in, in uh, lowering your heart rate. Professional athletes, golfers. They've hooked them up now to little heart monitors when they get on the first tee and they're like, you know, let's say their heart rate's at 70 and all of a sudden you see it climb into 130 and literally on the first tee playing for Northern Ireland, you know, Rory McIlroy and you see the heart rate just starting to climb and he's one of the best in the world, right? Yep. And then it comes back down again. And so you're in a car though. And someone cuts you off and you're late and your heart rate starts racing. Meditation just allows you to let it go, begin again, let it go, begin again. And all the things that happen to us in our lives, most of which we can look back and say, geez, did I overreact to that? So meditation becomes kind of a weapon or a tool, if you will, to defend yourself against what I call the vagaries of life. But for me, where it's really the most powerful is connecting because I'm a much better listener when I've been meditating. Uh, and, and it goes in cycles, right? It's like, oh, I've been to the gym for three straight weeks. I'm feeling great, eating well. I have, I've slept great. You just feel like a million bucks. When I meditate a lot, particularly when I go to social events for the Navy, and, and look, this is part of the gig when you're an admiral, but admiral, you got, you got a minute, you know, I want to, and it, you know, and some people are just gifted at that. My God, he just listens to me. He's so focused. He thought I was the most important person in the world or, Oh, he was totally distracted. He was looking around. You know, he's he he's asking me things before I'm even done. You know, and and that's not the brand you want either. But it's not again about the brand as much as it about the difference that you had with someone for that moment of time that you have. Right. So meditation for me has got a lot of different pieces, um, but it's helped me immensely in and in, uh, in, in meetings and engaging people at work. But you've used it for years now, so it's evolved, right? Because even when you were coming in each time, you were talking like, "Hey, you got it." Have you heard this guy? Have you heard this approach? Right. Well, it got, so it's evolved. It it got introduced to me uh, when I was a brand new and uh, brand new ensign. I felt like an ensign when I was a brand new one star. We had a we have a thing called new flag officers and senior executive service. So those are civilians in DOD who are equivalent of an admiral. So they're civilian clothes, but they work for the Defense Department. And then there's us. So we get together at this thing called Infosys for a week. And our spouses are there, and they bring on all these amazing speakers. And they brought in a new 
prof- a professor from, I think it was University of Virginia, and he talked about um, basically the the new humility is the the new the the wave of the future. But the way you generate humility a lot of times is through things like meditation, uh, and, um, and and so that's where they introduced meditation to us. And so then I got into this app called Ten Percent Happier uh, that's out there, uh, and I love it because it was essentially which I like, hey, can you get 10% better? Can you get 1%? You know, supposed to, I'm going to change dramatically. How can I just, you know, make that, again, I want to lose 50 pounds. Let's lose one first. Yeah. Let's just, and then let's one more. And then, you know, and and uh, so that has been um, big for me. Now, like anything, I fall off the wagon, right? You know, but what I love about 10% Happier is they have a little coaching session in the beginning where they interview world-class meditation teachers. Um, and then uh, you have the, they lead you in meditation for like 10 minutes. You can do it in an airplane. You can do it sitting. I don't tend to do it lying down because you'll see I'm tired and fall asleep. Fall asleep yeah. uh, but but I, I, a lot of times I like to do it at nighttime because it helps me calm down and get ready to go to bed. But I also probably the most effective when I do it first thing in the morning when yep. I wake up. Um, the the most uh, on their app, ten percent happy. There's also one by LeBron James called, or but he's I think promoted it called Calm. There's a bunch out there now. But Dan Harris is one of the co-founders of Ten Percent Happier. who's a newscaster, and he had tried everything to kind of deal with anxiety, and none of it worked. And then he tried meditation, and it became the thing. Uh and so, in one of their one of their sessions, they they have courses, and one of the courses is for beginners. It's fabulous. There's a beginners too, but there's a meditation one about healthy habits. And there's a woman that they have on here who's an expert. But how we use meditation with the way we eat food. I'll give you an example. In the meditation, they basically say when you sit down to eat next time. Focus on every bite, the flavor, how does it make you feel, how do you feel inside, as opposed to just, I got to eat and woof down a, a burger or, you know, whatever, breakfast sandwich, you know, feeling I got to put fuel in my body as opposed to slow down and think about what you're putting in there. And and it's amazing the distinction and how little you eat then because you're slowing it down so much. And it so that's a piece of it. And then the other part that I love is a meditation where you pick two or three phrases that are important to you. And for me, I'll be like, be kind to yourself. Mm. Be kind to yourself. Be grateful. Be grateful. Be humble. So what happens after about 10 or 15 minutes of putting that message into your brain? Or, or be kind to others. Be kind to others. I'm telling you, it is magical that the rest of the day you're like, how you doing, man? Having a great, like, and it's not fake. It's like, it's in you. Well, it's like you're programming yourself in a sense, right? As opposed to like having other things programming you constantly. It's that neural pathway going through. So when you're at the counter at the airport and everyone's yelling and screaming at this gate agent that had nothing to do with the problems <laughs> that you feel like that are crushing your life. You're like, hey, are you okay? Like, I, I, 
I appreciate you doing that. Like, like, all of a sudden, you're just dramatically different. And the other thing it does, too, is that when you see someone, at least for me, it's one of the things that's, when I see someone being angry or being upset or they're mad, my default usually now is, like, what's wrong? Yeah. Like, I don't I don't think it's this. I don't think it's me. There's something else going on. Right. Like, it's it's deeper than that. Well, it's crazy whenever, because we do this all the time and wherever we're at at a store and just asking people, like, how's your day going? And they just, it just changes them first. Like, whatever their habit was, like, of just checking people out or whatever, all of a sudden they're like, I'm good. Or or they'll tell you, like, it's been a weird day. You know, in, in, in the military in particular, we talk about styles, right? You know, I have a friend of mine who, friend and leader, mentor, uh, who worked for two chairmen of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I'm not going to get into who they were, but one of them, stylistically, everybody knew when you walked in and sat down, it was like, okay, go. Other guy, hey, tell me about your family. You know, he would want to take three or four minutes. Both of them, wildly effective, wildly successful, uh, extraordinary leaders, but just very different styles. Uh, so, you know, I've kind of thought through, hey, could you have both styles, right? Like someday, whoever's helping you with the meetings and prepping people to come in to see you, hey, he's he's on a really tight schedule today. You know he cares about everybody, but today's not the day he wants to hear about, you know, your kid's soccer game last night. Sure. Uh, and then there are days it's like, hey, man, that those meetings were nuts, but I've got time now. Tell me about the soccer game. Like, I, I don't know that you have to be one or the other all the time. Um I do think, though, authenticity is important, that you're authentic with yourself. And again, this goes back to the very first thing we talked about, master thyself. Um, And then here's the beauty about Colby. Here's the beauty of mastering yourself is the ability to say to somebody, I need time with you. My love language is time. That is why I keep telling you that, hey, can we have lunch? Can we? Because if you're going to really be my friend... Yeah. My my friends spend time with me. Sure. <laughs> and so it's not I'm a needy ass friend who's always in your <laughs> shit. Yeah. It's that uh, that's just me. Yeah. And me is good. Yeah. And yeah. me is not I'm mad at myself. No. Or geez, why am I this needy person who needs people all the time? No. It's yeah. it's putting yourself as a top priority, which is hard for most people to do because they believe it's selfish. It, I, I am telling you, and I tell people this. Uh Going to bed early at night or meditating or going to the gym, they are not selfish acts. They are gifts to the people that love you and care about you because you being a better you is going to – I always tell – go like this with your hands and then go like this. Which one takes energy and – right? Yeah. It's hanging on, baby. Hanging yeah. on. Controlling the world. Yep. No. <laughs> this. I yeah. love that. That's incredible. Yeah. You you sound exactly how uh, I sound now with people. When you no good to yourself, you're no good to anyone else. And people, Amen. And people don't have enough at the end of the day for themselves. They If they wait for themselves at the end of the day, that's yeah. why I tell them Mornings. first thing in the morning, your morning routine will make or break you sometimes. If you can, I mean, Admiral McRaven, he loves, he's the best thing to do. And I did it before I came here. Make your bed. 
Yep. Why? At least if you have a bad day, you come home to a man. <laughs> yes. You know what? I think I got it from you. I, I told you the other day. I was like, I'm, for some reason, I just started. Well, not the other day. It's been it's been over a year now. But I make my beds in the morning. But that just from one day to the other. And I think it's because you mentioned something. And then I just all of a sudden started making my bed every morning. In general, when we get the engine going in the morning, uh, most people, I would say, you know, you feel overwhelmed by the things you have going on. If you could just get one thing done, right? Brush my teeth. That's how it starts. Take my, take my, uh, my uh, fish oil. There you, you go. know, there you, go. you know. Um, tell my wife I love her. Yeah. Give her, give my son a hug. Yeah. Like little things build up and add up, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, look what I did today. Yeah. And then you start to string those days together. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the other thing about meditation is. Um, it, it's been effective with me about staying, uh, a- allowing to let something go and knowing that that's not that important right now. So again, going back to Colby, and I, I know I'm bouncing around a lot, but I'm an eight and quick start. So I could start like nine things at one time. And usually that's not the most effective way to do things. Uh, people say that, um, uh, what's the term, uh, when you're trying to do do multitask. Yeah. Multitasking is BS. Like <laughs> nothing gets done well, uh, but it's tricky. Batch emailing, you know, where you turn your email off so you're not a slave to it all day. Hey, and your in your out of office says I do batch emailing. I look up in that seven, eleven, and three. And if you need me and it's an emergency, call me. Otherwise, in those time, I'm going to do other work. Yeah. Other otherwise, you're like a slave to whatever comes in the inbox. So. But but again, these all go back to Colby. For some people, it would be easy to do that because that's how you're naturally wired. For other people, you would have to create that neural pathway. And yeah. so even saying, hey, you should be a morning person, I agree. For some people, that's just a bridge too far. You know, they they their morning is starting at 9 o'clock at night. Sure, sure, <laughs> you sure. You know, uh, so again, I'm open to whatever... But if if nine o'clock at night isn't working, then okay, let's. There we go. Let's. And and I was going to ask you this: after that, do you believe that people can change? I, I do, uh, but but I like to say it differently, because when and this I learned from Kathy, which I think is extraordinary, and this is this is about the self love piece, um, and Chris and I talk about this a lot. Um, when we when we when we use the word change. Usually there's an assumption in there somewhere that something's wrong with you and that you need to change. What I like to think of it is in terms of can we grow? Mm -hmm. And and the ability to grow and learn is a very human, humble, self-criticism, you know, like, but self-love. Hey, yeah, you know what? That relationship wasn't healthy for me. And this one feels just like that one. And I'm not going to do that to myself. Yeah. And that's powerful. Yeah, it is. And it could be a relationship with a human being. It could be a relationship with food. Sure. Drugs, alcohol, sure. sex. I mean, pick the thing. Yeah. And and I'm sitting here telling you, we all face these in life. Everybody. Yep. I don't know anybody that doesn't have some hurdle that they have to jump over in their life. Um, but that's what makes us human. Right. And there are different ways to deal with it. For me, it's self-mastery. 
It's things like Colby, Myers-Briggs. Hey, I'm introvert, extrovert. I need time alone to, to recharge. I need to exercise in the morning. I have a much better day when I've done 30 or 40 minutes of cardio. You know, well, my knees aren't good anymore. Okay, do elliptical. Except the fact that you're 53, dude, <laughs> and you can't just go pound the pavement anymore. So it's that's the growth. Yeah. That's the journey. Yeah. yeah. You know? Uh, and and here's where I become more passionate in all of this. Uh, most of the things we're talking about, uh, how old are you, Baldo? I'm about to be 40 next month. Okay. Uh, 40. 40. Uh, 53. Um, I would love to have known these things when I was 19. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. What's oh, cool yeah. to see his kids because, like, I, 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 uh, I'll go and babysit and, like, let's meditate. And, like, instead of giving them time out, I'll be like, all right, guys, well, we're meditating for five minutes. And they're open to it. Well, Goldie Hawn. <laughs> Goldie Hawn has a program she uses in high schools. Called, I think it's called Rise Up, where they use meditation in schools. And all it is, literally, not all, I shouldn't, I'm not minimizing it, but it, it, it's as little as the teacher getting the class to stand up when they're being rowdy and have everyone take three large breaths. Yeah. Right? And then it just, yeah. And it's such a it's such an accessible tool, right? Like that that we just I don't think it gets used enough because we want to fix things as opposed to like, hey, just be aware of well, it. Well, some people believe they don't have what it takes in order to fix the problem. But what I've learned from him actually is said the answer is always there. What I've learned now in the most recent years is that we put obstacles in our way to not be able to see that answer. So then you remove those obstacles and you're like, oh, now I can understand it. Now I, yeah. I think this might be it. It's like what you said with multitasking. If you're trying to do six things at once, you're giving minimal effort to each one of them. Imagine, I love looking at Bruce Lee and uh, Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours, you know, to master one thing. Yeah. And if it's like I put 10,000 hours to myself in the last 10 years, that's the honest truth. When people ask about my 30s, I said I learned more ever in my 30s because I put more effort into learning about how I function and my thought patterns and what I believe and what I feel. It's it's a it's a way of looking at it from a, a self-improvement but being critical and people look at that as tough love. And I'm like, no, it's just – it's growth. I love that word you use. We, in fact, we put it in our, our, our business model. We say it's one of our, our core mission, values. Our core values. <clears throat> it's growth. It yeah. really – you have to be. You know, yeah. Uh, so I, I love that word and the fact that you're using it more. We like we said with function, what we imagine with people is that if you give them what they're missing, then they function better. Yeah. And maybe they can be more aware, and then they can maybe harness in on what they're really great at, right? And then be aware of the things that they need to improve on. That's growth. I I, I agree immensely, and for everybody, it's different. Um, but one of the things that when when we talk about failure. Um, I, I've come to this kind of idea that there's, uh, people think of success and failure as equidistant. So if this was zero and plus one and minus one, that they're, I, they're, they're equally in it. If you're failing, success is way over here. I don't agree with that. Yeah. You could make seven phone calls to someone to try to regain a relationship and you think you're still here, but all of a sudden... It's yep. one more call. Yep. It's one more note. It, you you could be, you know, in a desert and thinking you're miles from civilization and you're about to die right before you get to the crest of the hill. And if you just look up over it, it's right on the other side and you don't know it. That is what I think when we talk about success and failure. Now, look, 
you know, and I use, I like to use, it's an easy one, but, you know, especially with people who are going through addiction, they always say, well, you got to bottom out first. Well, there's different levels of bottoms out, right? If you're an alcoholic, getting a DUI is bad, but getting in an accident and killing someone and going to jail for a year, that's much worse, right? Like, and so failing, it, there's a failing, there's a scale, you know, I, I, college kids, 19 year olds at Villanova. I talk to them about accepting failure. They're so used to getting A's and B's. Yeses, not no's, you know, well done, not, hey, come on, you can do better. That they have not developed the skill to welcome self-criticism. Yep. They think everything's going to happen perfectly in life. All yeses, all A's. Yep. And that's not life. And so, but I told them they've got to work on themselves to then understand, to grow positively when things don't go right. Um and so, you know, but a kid called me the next day and he, he'd been drinking a few times because he hadn't identified the fact that he had a problem with alcohol at 19. Most people don't, right? They just think, hey, I'm in college. Everybody's doing it. Sure. He ripped a, a gate off. He lied about it. But they had camera footage. He lost his Navy scholarship. The rest of his life, he's going to carry that with him. That would be a failure that's probably... You know, one that I wish he didn't have to accept and deal with, but he does now. So there's those people who, oh, my God, I should never have driven last night. I got home. I didn't get arrested. I didn't get an accident, but I shouldn't have done that. And then, okay, let's not do that again. There's a thing called Uber. Who's my friend who's driving? Like, let's learn from this, right? Right. Uh, and some people, it's just unfortunately, and for me, <laughs> I've done all of that. <laughs> like, like I got the whole list of things, but you grow from them and – uh to me, that's the healthy part of it, and uh, and that's what I really try to get across to people. As you're trying to master who you are, it really is about, you know, be be kind to yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's piece. That's a big piece of it. I know we're getting short on yep. time. Um, you know, you guys, I, I really do believe this. Um, there's just some fundamental truth about what you do. Uh, it, people sense it and feel it. It's why you've been so successful. Uh you you don't come here in the morning because of the money. You know, it's not about growing the business. It's really about, um, it's a calling. Uh, you know, one of the things I, I've come to, I spoke at an event for Villanova a few months ago. And uh, I used to think that um, uh, we had, I had more control over my choices in my life than I do. And uh, in fact, I, the more I've kind of moved on through the journey, I, I feel like we get chose to do things. You know, I got cho- I got chosen to serve the Navy. Mm. Uh, it wasn't I chose the Navy. The Navy kind of chose me, and Villanova chose me. And and you know, I I uh, the other day I I met um, uh, a young officer who had been relieved from command, and I said, Hey, you're coming to dinner with me tonight. There's a reason you're sitting next to me right now. We got to figure out what that is. And that's but but by being open-minded. And being open to connecting with people, yeah. it has helped me recognize that, hey, there's so much I'd miss out on if I just stuck to my blinders and my vision, as opposed to there's a reason, there's a reason, and I want to find out what it is, that curiosity. Meditation has helped me get there, but the health has helped me get there. I, I, look, I mean, I don't feel it this morning, but people are like, oh my God, you're 53? You don't look 53. <laughs> and you guys have been a big, a big part of that. 
Thank so you. I'm, well, I'm deeply grateful. Well, the feeling is very mutual. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. It, I think we have unfinished business here. We I think, yes, I think, we do. <laughs> I, 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 the reason we're cutting this one short is I have another meeting to go to, but um, I do think we should do part two of this. Definitely. And, yes. And dig deeper into, uh, and, and this will be the teaser for part two. Okay? <laughs> nice. And maybe we'll record it this afternoon uh, if we have time. But, Wonderful. But, but part, the teaser is, the three grand essential questions in this life. Perfect. I love, <laughs> I love that. That's Ted LeClaire. Uh, to be re- continued. Rear, to be continued. Rear Admiral Ted no, LeClaire. No, more importantly, Ted our friend. Ted our, Ted friend. our friend. Ted our friend. It is not. I, don't care. I know. I know. It's, Ted our friend. It's Ted our friend. Ted our friend. Ted our friend he, we, we got to throw a party at your house, and that was we awesome. We did. That we got fun. to throw a party at your house. Yeah. That yeah. was awesome. So <laughs> thank and, you for uh, taking but, the time. But for those of you that are interested, we're also going to be recording. He's about to do a Lunch and Learn at 12 o'clock today, and, and, and that'll be up as well. So you can listen to – if you listen to this and you want more – goods you can go and check out howdohealth.tv and and check out the 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 live version of the lunch learn that he's and, in. and, uh, and i'll throw you throw a couple plugs out there so i i kept mentioning consulting and yes. i do i do consulting work in a company called saltwater leadership that i have in a book i wrote with a few colleagues um and and a lot of that has got to do with team development so if you run a big team and you want it to work more smoothly give me a call there you go you can get me a ted at saltwaterleadership.com the other though is if you need a financial plan and you want to look at the richness of your life, I have two amazing partners. We have the fastest growing RIA, Registered Investment Advisory, in all of Austin. Um, And it's been a huge, huge uh, victory for us because of the difference we're making with people, and especially with the way the markets have been this year and inflation and everything. So 994 Group, so www.994group.com. And uh, Pete and Kristen are rock stars, and I'm lucky that they're in my life. Thanks, guys. Well, I love you. you. Love you too, man. All right, keep charging.